Hello everyone, welcome back to our podcast. This is not an improvised podcast. My name is Roberta Manoni. My name is Lee Gesneman and we're so happy you decided to join us once more for an exciting uh, second interview episode featuring the last member of our improv troupe, This Is Not A Horse, Mihai. Hi, Mihai. Hello, Hi, guys. Mihai. Thank you for having me. How are you? I'm, uh, I'm good. I was just uh, uh, telling Roberto before we started that um, I was, I'm actually here at the African Museum today. I was invited by some friends to go to an escape room. I think it's uh, something new they have here. Ah. And uh, yeah, uh, we went through uh, almost all the quests and now I'm just uh, taking a break and talking here with you guys. I'm, uh, I'm outside, it's a very nice park here and it's green and I'm looking at the sky and talking to you guys. Nice. So two weeks in a row we have guests and one is in Japan and the other one is in a garden. So this is very unusual now nowadays. <laughs> this is not a horse goes outside, you know, like exactly. we're reaching you wherever you are. You can't escape us. Yes. You can run, but no, you cannot hide. This is no, not supposed not to get all. you anywhere. <laughs> so we're very friendly. Um, <laughs> so me <laughs> If you doubt it. Uh, Mihai, we're really happy that you joined us today. Um, and hopefully as you've been listening and supporting your fellow members of the podcast, you know that we always start off the episode by asking how you found, uh, how you discovered improv and what made you want to try it. Right. So I think the, uh, the first time uh, when I actually saw an improvised show was uh, at a student conference. And uh, they told us that, oh, there's a play, uh, theater, but it's, everything is improvised. And I remember uh, that uh, I was very surprised because I didn't expect it to be much. But then I, I left the whole show. And I was very surprised. But then I completely forgot about it. So I think that was around uh, 10 years ago or something like that. And then I completely forgot about it. And I fell in love with theater several years later. Uh, when I moved to, to CBU in Romania, that's uh, kind of a university city, and um, uh, they have a, a very good acting school there. And I saw many shows with uh, young actors, and I just fall in love with them, and uh, with theater in general. And uh, I, I, I kind of planned, I always planned to maybe someday, if, there, if I find some classes after work, I could join. But I, uh, I didn't get this opportunity until I moved to Brussels, and here I am here. Actually, I started uh, doing some acting classes in Spanish, and I and I, don't, and I don't speak Spanish very well, but uh, I can understand. <laughs> so that's uh, that's how I first got into contact with actually uh, doing theater, not just watching it. And uh, finally, uh, during a, a conversation I had with someone, uh, I, I told him how I liked the uh, theater and the acting and. Uh, they recommended me uh, the improvisation, uh, an improvisation school in uh, Brussels. It was a uh, improv bubble, and uh, I tried to enroll, but the class was full, so I had to wait several more months until the next uh, beginner classes started. And uh, and yeah, um, yeah, I, I and actually, uh, so I, uh, this was for improv bubble. I, I tr contacted improv bubble first, but then I uh, couldn't get in. Uh, immediately and then I contacted another school in Brussels uh, I, at the time it was called Impro for Dummies and now it's uh, 
Impro Brussels. And uh, they had an open uh, course uh, on a Friday or Thursday evening. And I joined and I just fell in love with it instantly. And then uh, I enrolled in that class, uh, in that school. And then afterwards I enrolled in Impro Bubble too because I just couldn't have enough of it. So I think that's you, kind of... You have to know, dear listeners, that uh, Mihai, so we were all struck by improv. We were just having withdrawal symptoms or not doing improv. But Mihai is the one of the group that is taking more classes than anyone else in the group. He's, uh, he's on improv, improv. He has an improv fix at least twice or three times per week. So it's like the, the, the most... I would say they're most addicted to all of all of us of the group. I think Roberta, we have the same brainwave because I was about to say the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> but no, really, like I think because you joined our class, our kind of group later. I mean, not our impro group, but the class level. But um, what kind of um, what was the thing that when you started the classes, you know, Mihai? What was it that? Uh, um, struck you in terms of like uh, what was challenging what was not was something scary was something you know or was it just completely like no i love this and i'm going full on in um my, my first class was uh with rosanna actually and uh the the open class that i told you about and uh we just had non-stop fun i remember <laughs> like we, we laughed like the the games were funny and it was just like uh, a, a, a such a great stress reliever um, I remember I was tired when going uh, out from work and I was uh, less tired when I came out. And mm. that was just amazing for me. Like you kind of have the same feeling, you know, after going to the gym maybe or taking a shower, but like uh, also <laughs> laughing, you know, having fun and, and uh, interacting with other people and, and uh, having the sense of uh, doing something uh, in a group and that, that, mm. that you can actually be proud of, you know, because the scenes... Uh, if you would try to plan them from the start, they would not be as funny as uh, they are when you do them uh, improvised on the spot. And that just, I, I fell in love with that, uh, that feeling that you have in the group. Yeah. Yes, yes, we can all relate to that. The feeling that you have in the group, the group mind at work. Mm -hmm. So, yes, yes, yes. And what is the thing that you think that improv brought to your life or that changed your life in a certain way? I think, uh, actually, I remember I had a, a class with Sean and it was about failure. And you know, like you have uh, several classes, uh, like in, in many classes, you, you have the teachers saying like, um, uh, not be afraid of failing and embrace failure and so on. And there are so many exercises on this topic. But it really clicked to me uh, in that workshop uh, that was dedicated to failure. So basically it was exercise after exercise after exercise of uh, putting yourself, being vulnerable in front of other people and, and failing. And, uh, and the, finally, that day, I, it clicked. And uh, uh, somehow I, I realized that like nothing bad can actually happen no matter what. You know, even, even if... Uh, you're uh, having the worst moment on stage and the audience is just having a dreadful time. It's like one minute later, that thing will be out of their minds. 
because the audience will probably remember the very good stuff and like, oh, you remember that guy? But then they'll never say that, oh, remember that guy, that, that one minute that made the whole show awful. They, they yeah. never do that. So the, the bad things usually just go out of their minds. And that's just like such a big relief to know that like, no matter what, you still have your friends. So, and, and even if you do fail, nothing bad is actually going to happen. So, it's, it's interesting what you're saying about failing. And do you think that this had a, also a reflection on, on your life outside theater? So, you were less scared of failing after this? I think it's a mindset that you need to be able to adapt. And I think, yeah, I think you can uh, use it in uh, your personal life, in your work life, to just because it, it kind of enables you to try out more stuff, to not be afraid. So the, the uh, being afraid of failing won't prevent you from trying new stuff that might actually help you develop in other, in other aspects of your life. So I, I really think that this is something that, because I see many of my friends, uh, when I tell them about improv or, or other things uh, that they can participate, they, they say like, oh, I'm not too good at it. I'm, I'll, I'll probably fail. I won't be, I'll be bad at it. And like this feeling of failure is preventing us from trying out. And I'm sure that many of my friends will probably enjoy improv as much as I do. But that initial thing of that, that fear is uh, blocking us, I think, a lot of the times. So. Yeah. Completely, Yeah completely agree and I think what you said on the point of like fear blocking us and you know the desire that like if you're going to go up there and do something you know you want it to be good it's a lot of pressure on yourself so agree that if it's it's I think improv does help with that it helps you kind of lose a bit of that self-consciousness or that self kind of pressure that we also put on our, on ourselves because at the end of course it's you're so used to seeing it like if, if someone is on stage if you're doing something on stage and you haven't done theater like you were growing up or something you know you think well if I'm up there you know it needs to be good you know I can't like put out something silly and other people are watching um and I think that's why fear helping to get over the fear of failure is something also personally that improv has helped me I think that's a really important point yeah yes. and of course yes, I completely uh, agree yeah uh, yeah I wanted to say of course I um I, I haven't completely gone past it there are probably mm -hmm. days when I'll feel awful or by just feeling that I'm having a bad day and I'll probably not be good on stage but still I think it's better now uh, than it was before that, that feeling of failure it kind of tones down in time and and if you acknowledge it and you know it's there and it, it's fine because in the end well, uh, being nervous and uh, you know especially before a show I think it still happens to us and we're still mm -hmm. afraid that we're going to yeah. suck and it's normal I think that's yeah. normal you know? yes <laughs> Yes. But uh, acknowledging and, it and being able to work with it, I think that, yeah, that's still a progress. And, yeah. and the awareness of that, the awareness of that is the, the way where you can bring yourself up and say, okay, setbacks are part of the process. The fact that today I feel more nervous than yesterday will not have an impact on me because I know that I am good and I can go further. But if you didn't have the awareness, you might be, then get into the loop of fear, not doing and the fro um, being frozen on scene or before going on scene. So, yeah, yeah. Totally. But I want to kind of, um, because you mentioned Sibiu uh, and Romania and you're Romanian yourself. And we have also teachers at Improbable who are, uh, who are from Romania. You mentioned uh, Rosanna. 
Um, I wanted to ask you about the improv scene there because it seems like you went to a festival also there. Like, what is your impression that now, like, you're starting to do, you started to do improv in Brussels, but then you go back as well. I mean, you had a bit of a hint of it when you saw it there, but now doing improv yourself, how do you see the scene that's happening in, in Romania? Yeah, actually, um, so I haven't been to any festival in Romania uh, yet. Uh, I was planning to, but then uh, oh, the yeah. Yeah. happened. <laughs> and uh, I've been to one kind of a retreat in Romania in okay. uh, July last year. And that was, uh, uh, I think, more than a year after I started uh, improv here in Brussels. And uh, it was so different, you know, to do it in, uh, in Romania. I, and also, I, I know in Eucharist, uh, it's pretty big. And uh, like you say, they have a festival and um, they have a lot of schools and there are many groups and so on. I'm not sure about uh, the rest of the cities. I know for sure in Sibiu, um, there, are, there are actors, like I said, but I don't think they're doing improv. Uh, this was actually something that I was planning, like if I ever uh, go back, even like for a short while, I'll probably, I'll definitely uh, organize some, uh, some events like this, you know, like some open jam session or something like that. Um, so in Bucharest, yeah, uh, there's a lot of improv uh, in Sibiu and in uh, other places. Uh, in Sibiu, for sure, there isn't. And uh, in other places, I'm not sure. But I'm definitely interested in exploring it to see, to maybe uh, to help create some communities in uh, the places where there isn't much improv right now. I think it'll be nice. But probably after this and, situation, yeah. Because right yeah. now... You mentioned you were do. You mentioned you were doing it in Romania, and I'm guessing if you were doing it also in Romanian, because we are now, um, for example, myself, I'm used now to do improv in English, which is my, not my mother tongue, and therefore I also have the challenge of thinking something in a different language, and, and for example, rhyme does not come easy as it would in my own language or other words, or maybe misunderstanding of words. I was wondering how it is doing it in your own language, if you ever did. Yeah, yeah, I did. So in that retreat that I was telling you about, it was like a weekend and a few days. Uh, it was so different. It's like you're a completely different person in a different language. Um, and completely different characters that you play, different situations. At least this was the case uh, in my case. I think it's because of the different types of books and shows you see on TV uh, as a kid, you know, that uh, kind of creates a different mindset when you speak in one language versus another, at, at least regarding fiction. Um, yeah, so it, it was very different. I, 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 cannot, I don't know how to put it in words. Uh, it, it, and I needed to adjust actually, so it, I couldn't just start immediately. I needed to to adjust a bit, and then uh, and then it started working. So yeah. But do you think that language for you is a, a kind of a when you spoke about the fact that you are a different person, it made me think I had an image in my head. It was like a kind of mask. For example, when we put mm -hmm. a mask on, we do things that are different from our own personality. So I'm wondering if speaking in a different language is kind of a mask so that you can do and say things that you would not normally say or do in your own language. Yeah, I guess, I guess you're right. Um, definitely. Uh, for, for example, um, when I do improv uh, in English, I have characters like, uh, I don't know, police officers and um, 
things you see in uh, thrillers and movies or action movies or horror, you know, like ghosts and stuff like that. And um, uh, when I did it in Romanian, uh, somehow I, I stuck more to the characters that I, I knew, like more, more closer to day-to-day uh, -day reality. Now, I don't know. I, I think this was probably very specific to me. So I didn't go into the fantastic very much when I did it in Romanian. And uh, uh, I, I also didn't do voices that much. You know, like I didn't try to do accents, uh, uh, even though we have different dialects uh, in, in different regions in Romania. I didn't try to do it. So I, I think maybe it's also kind of an adjustment uh, mm -hmm. thing. So maybe I, I needed more time until I can... Uh, you know, diversify the, the range of characters and uh, and the voices and uh, body postures and so on. But it was different. So it, I, I couldn't just uh, uh, jump into any character as I uh, could, for example, when I, I did it in English. I think that's really interesting what you said also about what you um, kind of went to in terms of the, the inspiration uh, right for like mm -hmm. in English coming from you know movies or things you've read and then yeah. more associating with the with with them day to day with your mother tongue and uh, and and I was thinking about inspiration indeed for, for for me you're someone who does very good characters like I'm thinking about like the, the guy from the mob like the mob guy yes. like he yes. said several times and you have the voice very well and it's interesting to so do you think that um for the characters that you really like in, in terms of the inspiration or so you, you know how, how you're building the character you know do you start from something that's like okay this is like a voice that i had seen somewhere or heard something or like how how do you how do you build that character <laughs> um definitely i i i love uh, some characters from uh movies sometimes even from cartoons or or uh, just the accents from different countries that i i kind of like to do and then uh, that automatically creates a character somehow depending on the context and uh, the, the the scene that is going on um but uh, uh generally like uh, what really helps me is the feeling it in the body like uh, i don't know if mm -hmm. i have a, a specific uh, if i feel something in my legs uh, maybe they're more heavy, and then uh, when I walk, I, I feel a bit uh, heavier. So maybe I, I, I don't know. Then I'm uh, uh, could be an old person, or maybe I'm, I'm the, the the mob boss, or uh, <laughs> like the the body helps me a lot. So physicality helps me a lot. It also helps me get out of my head. Uh, so just feeling something and then going with it, or or uh, just being inspired on the spot. So when I see something really funny and. Uh, just really sparks an idea not necessarily trying to force it and like okay now i have an idea make way for me to enter yeah. the stage but like uh if i think it would help or if i if i think it'll uh make the other people playing with me uh enjoy it then i then i jump into it so I, a lot comes from the body i think from physicality from from what i feel or or from inspiration from the scenes yeah what you're what you're saying is really interesting and i think we had a lesson also uh with imbal uh, on this on physical how to bring out the character from inside out instead of doing the character and then acting so it it is interesting and in fact i had forgotten about this and thank you for reminding me this yeah, because it is it is in interesting because i never 
have the I, I hardly ever have the thought of going into character by starting with emotion mm. with something in my body and and I I do the opposite and so and, and it's good that you reminded me Mihai because I I would like to start that because I think it would be more it would be less head and more present on scene oh, yeah. so yeah yeah, the only time that, uh, just want to give a little hint uh, the only time Liga and myself we decided to play those ladies we stayed with our back bent for 50, 20 minutes we were just we couldn't cope with that anymore mm. so that is a lesson I it's remember. true like if you're committing to something fully committed but I was like not doing this again it's too no. long <laughs> stay like this or I'm an old I'll be an old lady who's sitting down yes to be like that. yeah Sorry, Mihai, you wanted to say something. Um, yeah, so definitely physicality. And, uh, oh yeah, two things actually. Um, there's an exercise for this uh, where um, uh, it comes from clowning. I saw it on YouTube and uh, I've been, I remember then afterwards that I've actually been to a workshop where they also teach it. Uh, so you, you stand with your uh, feet grounded on the floor, uh, hands up. And then you leave your hands, you, you do like a nice and controlled movement, but you don't plan it ahead. And you move your hands uh, into a, a different other position. And then you need to do three scenes, short, very quick scenes, like two, three seconds to justify that new position that you're in uh, with, uh, with your hands. Like you can be holding something, you can be going towards a place or, or uh, something like that. And uh, I think that's also a very cool exercise that helps you free your mind and see mm. all the different possibilities because everything can be an inspiration, not just what is happening on stage, but even what your position in the moment that you, you are at that time. You can find inspiration in so many things, including in your body, which helps me, like, it, it's so liberating to know that no matter what, you can find inspiration even within yourself. Yes. You, you know the way you explain things and all this, like, wealth of exercise you have you think ever think about becoming an improv teacher i think you'd be a really good one <laughs> yes i, I agree completely to. i would love to but i think i still have a lot a lot of uh, things to learn uh but i would love to definitely in the in the long term to to be able to go into groups and then just share the things that i that i that i learn i would love that yeah maybe in the future and, and, and when we are rehearsing, no, Mihai is also someone that brings the new exercises for us. So, yes, I, I agree with Liga. You should be uh, really teaching. So you and Natalie should be really teaching improv because uh, also yeah. Natalie is bringing us exercises. So it's true. The, but, two, the both of you could be the, the wonderful two teaching improv. <laughs> that would be great. And what, yes. is this, what is it something also that we ask? Uh, our fellow uh, group members, uh, what is it something that you want to work on, you know, in terms of uh, uh, techniques yeah. or just anything that you want to, you know, where you want to develop on? Yeah. Well, I was never a very verbal person. Um, like, it, it, maybe it's strange because right now I'm talking to you. And I might <laughs> But I, I'm, I never felt like a verbal person, and especially in large circles, I, uh, large group of people, I don't have uh, this impulse, you know, to just start talking. Uh, so I, I was kind of an introvert, uh, and probably still am. And uh, I think group scenes where uh, there are many uh, people on stage, 
uh, that's uh, difficult for me. So it's difficult, still difficult to follow. Be also uh, careful to the story. Pay attention to what everyone else is saying while at the same time doing an action, like I don't know, being part of a background, and then finding the right moment to jump in and contribute, and then push the story forward. So I think that's definitely something that I really need a lot more practice of. Uh, that would be one thing, and I, I'm going to say the other thing too: uh, monologues. Mm. I yeah. still, yeah, like uh, just being able to start talking about something and uh, not have anything planned. Like, it's very difficult for me. I, I it's still, I feel like I, I need a crutch, like to have a general idea of where I'm going to, or w w the point that I'm trying to make before starting a monologue. Just starting to talk, you know, and and uh, seeing it as I go something's still very difficult for me so so yeah group scenes and monologues for me are, are something that i need to work on definitely what i like about what you're saying is that when we have spoke to all of us we all have different things that we want to learn on and because for example the group scenes for me because i am more extroverted than the new mihai i guess they are not a problem but other things are and what I like about our group is that each of us bring, bring their own richness and also things that they want to work on. And then because we are so different in that, we are all learning from each other. And this is something that is, should be really cherished and I'm really grateful for. But I, I completely agree with you about that. And I think also what's interesting about like group scenes is remember we did that workshop in Barcelona I think the, with the um, Stephen the first day was the big yeah. one about the group scenes yeah. and what stuck in my mind was because also you were saying okay maybe I'm not the most verbal in the group but it's also I think you also know what that scene needs because you might not be saying anything but the two lines that you say that makes everything you know so yes I think it's like with the big groups where I'm still going in it's like okay what is my place? How do I make this work? Instead of like, if it was just five people talking at the same time all the time, I mean, this wouldn't work, huh? Yeah. And, and I agree completely with Liga on this. You have the special talent of just coming at the right time, probably mm -hmm. because you're observing what is yes. happening on scene and then you take it in and you just bring what the scene exactly. needs. So, yeah. We're showering <laughs> praise on you, Mihai. This is what <laughs> See, this is a part of uh, me being introverted that just like becomes awkward and doesn't know how to react. <laughs> <laughs> you feel it through. Well, Take it all in. Take it all <laughs> in. We can't see you with the camera, but you know, we're assuming you're blushing and you're taking it all in. So it's good. <laughs> it's good. Roberta, do you have any other questions for our, our guests? Uh, no, I don't have any other question. I just want to say to that we are planning a show before the, the end of the year in presence, hopefully, because we are Fingers a bit uh, sick and tired of online things. And I want to make an announcement because of our podcast, some people are enrolling into improv. They, they sent me texts. I have enrolled in improv. You have made it. Our mission is complete. And my yay. yay. My as soon as I started clapping, my dog raised his head from be sleeping and he's like, What is this? Why are you bothering me? <laughs> That's great news, listeners. Yes. Thank you. Yes, thank you for the trust and thank you for keeping on listening to us 
on this ninth episode of uh, This Is Not An Improvised Podcast. Yay! Yay! Mihai, do you have something to, for you that you want to ask us? Because we are never interviewed. We are always interviewing. True. No one cares about us. No oh. one, just the two of us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, agreeing with each other. <laughs> um, well, okay, okay. Uh, what is a scene that uh, you have never seen played but would like to see it played on stage? Wow, this is a difficult question. Now I'm like super obsessed with uh, Agatha Christie's Poirot, this TV series that I find very calming. So now I'm like thinking of an improvised Agatha Christie play where at the end, the who's playing Poirot brings everyone around the circle and tells them how he figured it out. That's my dream Ooh, improv scene right now. Nice, nice. Well, who knows? Maybe we'll make that dream come true. Yeah, yeah. This is and a you? very good idea, Mihai. Uh, Maliga, sorry. And you, Roberta? Um, I have no idea. I have really no idea. Mm, really don't. I don't. Really, I don't. I don't have. Uh, maybe it could be something where everyone. But I think this is there. But everyone speaks their own language, and we all understand what's going on, even if we are not speaking the same language. And we do a scene like that. So talking to each other, but not in gibberish. Re in real language, is just pretending that. So we manage to understand what the other person speaks. It's like Babel, Babel Tower all, uh, all the way. And I think I would like to see that. And I'm sure that there is, but I haven't seen it yet. Hmm. And you, Mihai, okay. do, you have, do you have a scene that you would really like to see? <laughs> I actually do. And it's based on uh, uh, a class that I've been to recently on silent scenes. So... Uh, Imagine like two people in a day-to-day -day job. Uh, and I was thinking like uh, maybe one of them is resuscitating another person. Like there's a, a dead person. Imagine like two people and there's a dead person. And then the two people that are still alive, uh, they also start falling in love. So this is a silent scene. There's no huh. talking. And imagine like there's a music going on in the background. Now, uh, when that music uh, starts playing, uh, the two people start, uh, you know, everything becomes magical, you know, and including the dead guy, he can become alive and, you know, like make uh, heart symbols and start playing and like be Cupid around them. And then whenever the music stops, they go back to the real, real world. So it's like a, a, an alternation between reality and fantasy, you know, uh, yeah. the, in the silent scene. I, I would love to, do, to see that because I, I haven't seen many silent scenes or silent shows. Uh, so I would love to see more of that, yeah. Well, that would be very interesting to do as well as for as I seen. It's a mixture of music, magic musical and, um, and Bold and the Beautiful where uh, when uh, dead people become alive again and this kind of thing. So I think I'm you so happy you cool. made a Bold and the Beautiful reference. This is what it was. I know. <laughs> it's true because the same, who was it, Brooke or... What was the main guy? Some, 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 someone died like and then ridge. they resuscitated yeah. and something. Because they oh. were being kept alive all those years on a machine or whatever. Yeah. Um, but, and actually on this note, I would propose to, to come to a close. Yeah. And uh, first of all, thank you, Mihai, 
for joining us from uh, afar, from a very nice park in Brussels, actually, if you're there, if you live here. Um, and we're having a, sh a show in December, as Robbie mentioned. So keep checking our Facebook and Instagram for more information. Um, and we will also be performing in the competition, which is called Roberta. The Impro Brussels League. Yeah, is that correct, Mihai? Because I always make a mistake. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I think uh, they also like, because uh, there are two parts of this Impro, Impro Brussels League. Uh, and before that, we're actually part of the Impro Brussels League foreplay. Foreplay, like yes. Yes, we are. Uh, so if you like a and bit of... And we have a date already for that, the 21st of November, I think. Something like that, yeah. 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 Clearly, we're on top of our dates, everyone. But we will <laughs> yes. have them, and you will know them, and you will come see us. Yeah. So just to tell you, Liga, myself, and Mihai, we're not the most uh, uh, care careful with dates. So we have in mind that something is up in a certain moment. So it's good that we have other people in our group which are more precise with dates. Exactly. This is how we complete each other. <laughs> if you're listening. Um, but yes, come. This The Impro Brussels League will be um, short form, um, games, um, but also other stuff. Um, yes. And you really get to see the flavor for the Brussels improv community, um, see lots of uh, fun stuff. So uh, there's also, they have, I think we'll put on announcements, but you keep track on our Facebook page. Um, and we will repeat it. We will repeat this uh, yeah. closer to the date as well in our podcast. And so you yeah. will be, you will be compelled to come you will not be able to miss it. Exactly. <laughs> so thank you, ladies and gentlemen, uh, for joining us today. Um, try improv. We're so happy that some of you have, as Roberta said, and wishing you a wonderful day, evening, morning, whenever you're listening. Thank you, Liga. Thanks, Mihai. And uh, see you next time. Bye. Bye.